this is Kenya, and welcome to my Magical Cottagecore Life. Today, I'd like for you to look in the obscure herbal section of your big book of stuff, because we're going to talk about a plant that is not very common. As a matter of fact, it's so uncommon that herbalists now who aren't very versed yet, you know, people who might be starting out, often use substitutes for this herb because they don't know what herb this actually is. It has a common name, but the Latin name is a, a really a mouthful. But because of the common name, they mistake other plants for it. What plant am I talking about right now? Yellow root. Just because a plant has yellow roots, that doesn't make it yellow root. And yellow root has a long history in this country, a lot of uses, and it's getting pretty hard to find. So take out your big book of stuff, take out your pen, maybe a yellow highlighter for the yellow root highlights. I can hear you groaning. Okay, but um, and we're gonna talk about yellow root today here on my magical cottagecore life. Let's get started. So because I'm a fan of Latin names, I'm going to do my best to not butcher this name. Xanthoriza simplicissima. That's the name in Latin for yellow root. And it's really kind of important to make sure you learn the Latin names when you're looking for certain herbs and plants, especially if you've never worked with them before. Because when you're asking an herbalist or a naturalist, or not a naturalist, a naturopath, or even uh, definitely someone working with um, a botanical crew, or even, uh, even a botanist, you want to make sure that you're speaking the same language. That's one of the reasons that Latin was picked, was because everybody wants to speak the same language to know we're all talking about the same plant. And yellow root, even though it sounds pretty, has a bitter taste. Uh, it's actually a shrub. It is a member of the buttercup family. And it's been here for a very, very long time. It's actually native to North America. I'm in North America, so that's why I say that. And it has been in continuous use forever. And even... Okay, now listen. Do not come for me unless I send for you. So I'm about to use this word. I understand that academia likes to call it the Appalachians. But I know people who grew up there. And they don't say the Appalachians. They say the Appalachians. So I'm going to say the Appalachians. So, it is still used in Appalachia. And even during uh, Daniel Boone's time, they were using it. And if you don't know who that is, go grab an actual physical book. And, you know, not being I'm not being dismissive, but I don't know that it's being taught as much that Johnny Appleseed 
some things have to be sacrificed in the order to not lose other more important things in history. So I don't know how much folklore you are familiar with in this time. So if you're not sure who that is, please uh, take a little look into there. All right, let's go to the next thing. Now this route is known for folk remedies, but it's, it's a very strange thing about this route. Normally when you use root medicine, and again, I want to let you know I'm not a doctor, I'm not a naturopath, I'm not a certified herbalist, so don't say that I'm purporting myself to be one, because I am not. I am just sharing with my friends things that I have learned, and we're friends, right? So that's what I want to do, and keep things interesting for you. And I know a lot of people are foraging, especially part of the core lifestyle or aesthetic, so I try to bring you things that are of interest. Again, I am not a doctor. Now, let's get back to what I was going to say. Uh, in using this root, it's a little bit different because most of the times that you use a root, you look for the entire root. But in this particular root, which is really bitter, you actually look uh, for the most of the medicine in the gray-brown outer layer of the root. It's, it's That's where most of it is. So... I can't really explain it to you until you start messing with it. Something else you can do is chew it to freshen your breath, your mouth, and sharpen your taste buds. So you can kind of use it as an aperitif. That's a big word, aperitif. Um, I'm, so, I'm so glad I got to use the word aperitif. I'm so glad I got to use it. I, I, feel, I feel really cool right now because I got to use the word aperitif. Okay, it can also be used as a mouthwash, and um, I know that people used to use it to help with their stomachs, but I don't know the science behind it enough to tell you why it works, so I'm not going to tell you that, except that it is an alkaloid-based plant, so you, you know, you kind of look into that where you will, and again, they use it for tonics at one point, but... I'm going to guess that one of the reasons they use it for mouth ulcers is just because of the way that it was really good for taking care of those kinds of things, just because of its properties. If you hear uh, motors in the background, it's because there's people out there who are young and are graduating today, and they're doing their right of spring and their right of freedom, and I am not mad at them in any way ride 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 those horses one of the things that I have found though that when it comes to chewing certain things different medicines get done different ways and for some of us who are familiar familiar with using uh, plants in all their different ways, you'll find that some medicines are really just about being chewed, not so much swallowed. Uh, a, a, a similar thing would be root, or even um, if you practice certain things, a little bit of root work, Kondrahudu, you know I'm talking about Lojan, uh, and, and then you just chew it, you don't necessarily swallow it, the mouth gets hot. It's hot. It's hot, Carlos. 
those squids are hot. You're looking casket shot. Okay, let me stop. Um, shout out, shout out to Medea. Shout out. All right. So, that being said, when you are cho- told to choose certain herbs, it's very important to follow the directions you are given. I really believe that one of the best ways to use something that's been used from time immemorial is to ask the people who originally had the original instructions on how to use it. So if you are fortunate enough to be able to find someone from a nation or a tribe who will tell you how to use it, or someone who is a botanist and knows how to use the folk ways, then that would be perfect. But remember, don't come empty-handed. You know, always come with a gift. Always come with something in exchange and respect for the knowledge that with what you're asking. And they don't have to give it to you. I just want you to know you're not entitled to anything. None of us are entitled to anything. But we can ask. And that's all we can do is accept the answer. And then if the answer is yes, wonderful. If the answer is no, we move on and try to find the information as best we can. So, you know, keep that in mind. Something else you want to remember is that, remember what I said in the beginning, that sometimes people will call a plant something even though that's not the Latin name? That's because they call things what they see. We look at something and we say, oh, this is what this is. Well, yellow root has berberine and it has a yellowish root, but it's not the only one that has that kind of substance in it. But because it's berberine, it can be used in place of other plants that have berberine. These are medicines. These are properties that can, you know, they actually, this particular one has an antibiotic property. But in this particular case, it can also be used as a substitute for golden seal. Golden seal. Get it. Okay. And um, so you want to, like, be respectful of learning why something is called what it is. I I wanted to revisit this because I think it was very important. You know, when they were treating themselves for stomach aches and mouth ulcers and other uh, ailments, yeah, the antibiotics were great, but they didn't have herbals. They didn't have manuals with them. They kind of looked around like for the doctrine of signatures or other things and they said huh I wonder if this is like this from back home and saw what it did and so they they learned well we have generations of knowledge to draw from and the indigenous who were here before us and who are still here by the way um, they have thousands of, of thousands of years of information if they should choose to to share and again you know there's no reason for us to reinvent everything if we simply ask it usually can be given now this plant spreads by rhizome that means it has a an underground root system that, which is how things pop up out of it. It's not quite like milkweed, <sighs> milkweed, which also spreads by seed, but it, it has these twisted roots and that's how you can kind of, you know, follow it and find it. And it will get bigger over the years. So you kind of have to watch the patch. You'll find it in wet places, usually by a creek or by a vernal, uh, a vernal, uh, 
I don't want to even call it a stream. It would be a creek. Or it could be even by a river. But the thing about it is, now get this, and listen very closely. If you don't know what it looks like, at first glance, if you're not looking for it, to me, it kind of the leaves, not the actual whole plant, but the leaf kind of looks a little bit like lovage to me, just a little bit. But if you look at it closely, you see it's not. But from afar, it can kind of look that way. But once you really look at it and you see that it's not anywhere as tall as lovage, you know that's not it. That's why it's so important when people bring you samples of things. Don't tell them to take a whole picture if they can, or bring the whole stalk or the old the whole stem, because what's unless unless it's you know in jeopardy, because sometimes just because the leaf looks like something, especially if it was dried and start breaking off, you might get it confused with something else, and you don't want to do that. So so take care. Also, the bark on it, the stem on it, is really woody, which is not like lovage obviously it doesn't smell like celery either but i'm just saying you want to look at it because the leaves don't even act the same way they're like a burst they're not the same but when i first saw the pictures you know i kind of was like is that lovage and then i really had to see the whole plant so you know take care when you're identifying things just for me to you And I guess that brings us to the end of our episode today. It's the second one in one day. It's my daughter's graduation day. I wanted to share. I wanted it to be a great day. And we're having a great day. And I wanted you to have a great day with us. Which is why I'm using it to record extra special stuff while she's resting. And I love celebrating great times with my friends. And we're friends, right? So I hope that you'll put this in your book of stuff. And it'll be of use to you. That you'll find grace in it. And that you will become a protector of the woods and someone who can help people understand that there's a lot more to a plant than just what someone may call it. Sometimes they're using the wrong name. All right. Until then, take care of yourself, and I'll see you the next time here on my Magical Cottagecore Life.